Welcome to Worship with United Methodist Church Westlake Village. We're so glad that you found us online this morning. And we are so thankful that God is moving in your life and directed you to come reach out to us to be in worship together. Today concludes our our sermon series, Finding a New Normal. And as I said in my email or in our email this weekend, we recognize that while that concludes our sermon series, we are in the midst of a continual period of finding a new normal. So we embark on this adventure of continuing to engage in what's going on in our world in ways that are transformative and helpful and life-changing for us, that we remember that God is our anchor through all that is going on. Before we begin worship this morning, I want to invite you to receive a mission moment about senior concerns. Uh, one of the main things I do is the Meals on Wheels program. I think that's the most popular and most well-known in the community. We have about 100 volunteers that deliver meals. And what's so great about that program is oftentimes the people that are getting these meals that volunteer that's delivering that meal, that's sometimes the only person they see that day. Those are produced at the hospital for us and our volunteer drivers deliver them, our staff pack them. We are the only program that has a home visit and an assessment, a nutritional assessment for the participants. I started 10 years ago and it's been a wonderful experience. Over the years I've met some amazing people that I've gotten relationships with and I visit them in the hospital when they get sick. A lot of these people are lonely and we're the only people that they get to see in a lot of cases. Uh, so it's, they really look, I find that they really look forward to us. There have been so many numerous studies done that loneliness and isolation is the kiss of death for seniors. It causes depression and in some cases death, people give up. I like the concept of the meals anyway, and then I like the concept of contact with people. 
And then the dog, um, he goes with me everywhere. There's one lady that waits for him with cookies. She has a mint for the driver and she has a cookie for the dog. And she waits right inside her door, just like this. And he comes in and he just goes right in and puts his head in her lap and it just, you know, I think it's as much to her as the meal I'm handing her. You know, it's, it's, it's just a nice feeling, those particular people. I deliver every Monday and I have a regular route and now I look forward to every Monday. Harlene Rowan is a wonderful driver. She's been a driver for over four years. Harlene also has a talent of making beautiful bears, stuffed animal bears, out of a loved one's clothing items, which brings great joy. Um, Claire is one of the ladies that I deliver to and last year she lost her husband and he passed away and I was able to finally get some of his clothes. And now Claire sleeps with this bear every night. She talks to it. It's a beautiful thing that he brings joy to her and comfort. If you or someone you know needs help, either a senior or a family caregiver, you can reach us at our phone number, which is 805-497-0189, or through our website, seniorconcerns.org. Our Psalter reading this morning is from Psalm 105, a few selected verses. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call on his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wonderful works, glory in his holy name, let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continually. Remember the wonderful works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has uttered. O offspring of his servant Abraham, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. When we summoned famine against the land and broke every staff of bread, he had sent a man ahead of them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. His feet were hurt with feathers, his neck was put in a collar of iron, until what he had said came to pass. The word of the Lord kept testing him. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the peoples set him free. He made him lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions to instruct his officials at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. Praise the Lord.
Let us take a breath, center ourselves, our spirits upon the presence of the living Lord within us and relax into this moment of prayer. We seek in this time of prayer to be fully aware of God's presence within and to acknowledge how this spiritual sensitivity connects us not only to God, but also with one another. Thanks be to God. In this spiritual awareness, friends, let us enter into a time of prayer. Let us pray. O Lord, hear the prayers of your children. We begin our time of prayer as we should all times of prayer, simply praising you and being clear that we are blessed in having life, experiencing love, serving a purpose, being at peace. Through your spirit, you come into our awareness and you guide and encourage, heal and help, sustain and nurture. We give you praise. We are creatures of this world, yet so blessed to be your children and recipients of your everlasting love. While we all have been affected by this pandemic and social unrest, it touches all of us in one way or another. This morning again. We raise our spirits in prayer for those around the world and here locally who specifically have suffered or lost a loved one. Such terrible tragedies move us all. And we share the tears and the grief of our brothers and sisters. And so we pray, Lord God, soothe the grieving heal the sick, vindicate the just, and strengthen those, dear Lord, who are providing care and assistance to them all in this time of, of great trial. We ask your blessings, strength, and overflowing grace be upon all our essential workers who are holding our communities together. We think of all those around us who are dealing with differing types of illnesses, physical or emotional maladies, and, and are in need of your healing touch and a sense of your tender mercies. Life does go on with its typical challenges to health and wholeness. 
be with these folk and help them along their path. We think of these people recovering from surgeries, healing, or handling the course of their, of their cancers, moving through other illnesses towards renewed health. Particularly today, we mention these people in our prayers. We think of all those who are financially and emotionally stressed due to the pandemic. Help them to find ways to be sustained. We think of Gloria's cousin who has COVID. We think of Diane Lawson recovering from her surgery. Paul Fay recovering from his surgery. Kathy Loeb's friend about to have brain surgery. Tim Bond's cousin Rachel's surgery. And his friend Dave with bone marrow transplant surgery in the offing. Linda Keithley and her friend Karen with surgery complications. We think of a new friend in the circle of the church who is seeking prayer support during her time of cancer. And as she suffers the, the grief of the death of an aunt and deals with the anxiety of a brother-in-law's pancreatic cancer undergird her with your grace. We think of the Loomis family as they grieve Lloyd's passing, the Boring Evans family grieving Grandpa Boring's death, Don Phillipson grieving the death of a friend, Steve. And we think of those two uh, T.O. families and all the many friends who have been touched by the death of, of their two teenage sons in an auto accident. We pray you would be with all of these people in a particular way, Lord God. And we pray for others who have not now been mentioned, yet are very present in our personal and our private thoughts. Hear our prayers, O Lord. We lift up all these concerns and the confidence of your mercies that you will indeed be present with these people in their circumstances. We also pray for your help of us along our paths, steadying our hearts and minds, 
empowering us to be the best people we can be, regardless of the circumstances we find ourselves. May the mind of Christ fill our understanding as we gaze upon those near to us with whom we make our way these days. This we all pray in the name of Christ Jesus, who taught his followers to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen.
Our first scripture reading this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew. It's part of Jesus's last words to his disciples before his ascension. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now our, our second reading is from the epistle to the Ephesians. Good words to put wisdom to use in our religious thinking. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love. We must grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. The words of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me in a moment of prayer. Awesome and almighty God, we give you thanks for this day, for your spirit blowing like the wind, encouraging us, nurturing us, transforming us. Help us to be moved by the, of, the stirring of your spirit that we might truly grow in the, into the disciples that you desire us to be. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. We are talking in staff meeting this week, and Joanna shared that her son is taking a sailing class right now. And it's a camp that is being run in such a way that each kid is on their own boat, and they're allowed to do things that that let them feel like life is somewhat normal, even though they're keeping their distance from their friends and they are 
trying to do things differently. I'm so thankful for programs like this where children can still be children, still learn a new skill set, still explore, and yet working to keep them as safe as possible so that they can continue to be the vibrant vitality. What's the other verb for that? The, The vibrant individuals that they are. As I was reflecting on Joanna's son being in sailing camp, I remembered that I was in sailing camp around the same time that he was. Not right now same time, but when I was the same age as him. When we lived in Massachusetts, I signed up for a two-week sailing class or camp and was so looking forward to it. The first day we got there, I was like, I'm here to sail. And they go, oh, well, you're in this age level, so you should go with this group. And we go off with that group. And I was like, I have not seen a sailboat yet. I am here for sailing camp. What is going on? And they're like, well, you're where you're supposed to be. And I was like, I don't think so. About halfway through the day, someone came up to me and they're like, you're not where you're supposed to be. And I said, I told you that. And they finally got me to sailing camp. And I was so excited because I got to spend two weeks with the same group of kids learning the ins and outs of sailing. Well, maybe not the ins and outs, the starters of sailings. We learned the basics on a boat where four of us would gather and each of us would have different responsibilities. One day you'd be in charge of the jib or the mainsail. Another day you would be steering the boat. Um, And we each took turns with different responsibilities and we learned along the way. There's lots of words that I learned and that I became relatively proficient at. And then there was an overnight experience. And in that overnight experience, we joined the sailing camp kids with the rest of the camp kids. And we had some varying adventures and, um, and we, we did a sailing activity together. I was not aware of the fact that the boats that we were using for sailing camp were different than the boats than the rest of the kids were using. And so we broke off into teams and we went into one of the other kid or one of the other types of boats. And they're like, Rachel, you're so good at the jib. You're going to be in charge of this for, for our event. But I didn't know how that boat operated. I didn't have the skills needed to do that as well as I would have liked. And I felt like I was inadequate because things worked a little bit differently. Whereas the ropes were on the side of the boats on one boat, the ropes were in the middle of the boat and you pulled them differently and you clamped them differently. And I was was overwhelmed by the difference. I'm telling you all of this because I think that this is a good analogy for our our experience of faith and our walk for or walk into discipleship and our journey to become better disciples. You may have noticed that our new tagline is setting a course for a better life and we have a have the logo which you can see on the bottom of my screen, but I'm going to ask Warren to put it up a little bit larger on the screen. Um And I'd love to know from you guys what you see when you see that logo. What are the images that that come up in your mind? And I know that the comments are turned off on YouTube, but you can send me a message. You can comment on our Facebook page. Any place that you want to let us know what you see when you look at that image. I'd love to hear from you. 
I love this image because there's ambiguity in it. There's a couple different ways that you can see this image. Originally, we had started off with a vision of a boat. Uh, when you drive around Westlake Village, whenever you pass a freeway overpass, there are boats imprinted on on the overpass and we have a lake nearby clearly as one of our young people is actually taking a sailing class in that lake right now um, so one of the original images of that or for that logo was a boat but i see a couple different things as well and i would love to hear if you see any of those different things that i do so again go comment somewhere come to virtual coffee hour afterwards and let me know what you think and what you see do you see the boat do you see the boat now that i've told you that there's a boat there or do you see something else but i'm going to continue with the analogy of the boat and vinia and joanna may go oh my gosh rachel you're going there we asked you not to do the boat imagery but i think that it's a really good one and i think it's a really good place for us to be with all that's going on in our world right now when i took my sailing camp i was dabbling in the idea of sailing I have forgotten most of the phrases, I have forgotten most of the things, but I was able to talk about jibs and um, the mainsail and things like that without having to look it up. I was even able to, to remember words that I wasn't so sure about. One of them is called jibing, and that's when you turn the boat. And another one is called tacking. And I had to look it up because I was concerned that I was mixing them up somehow. And I still may be because, again, at best, I was dabbling in sailing. I am not an expert. I am not an avid sailor. I love being out on the water, but I don't have the skills that I had once when I did take the camp. So tacking is what you do when you are going um, against the wind. It's the way that you keep turning so that your sail can catch a breeze to get you to your destination. Now, when you're sailing and you're going with the wind, you can catch that wind and it'll take you to your direction right away. And when you are sailing against the wind, you have to do this zigzag sort of circuitous route to get to your destination because there's not a direct way to get there. And there's sometimes in our faith life where sometimes we feel like we've got a direct course in front of us and we know what we're supposed to do. And there's other times where we have to tack back and forth to catch the breeze where it may come and see where life is taking us. There's also a truth that sometimes it is not a windy day. Sometimes we can feel the Holy Spirit and the breeze is moving around us. And sometimes we're like, God, where are you? Help me, please. I don't sense you. And I feel like I'm stuck in this place. I was watching a um, show with Warren the other night where there was a group that was sailing and they got to this place in the middle of the ocean where there was no breeze. And they're like, what do we do? And the response was, we sit and wait until a breeze picks up again. That is sometimes the hardest place to be when we're sailing literally, especially if you're on a multiple week voyage and not knowing when you can go on, but also figuratively when we consider where are we going in our faith life and how God is guiding and directing us. As we set course for a better life, it is done through our commitment to discipleship.
It's about taking the time to learn the steps, to go from someone who is dabbling in faith to someone who is practicing faith to someone who is avid in faith and then someone who teaches others how to grow in their faith and to follow who Jesus is and become more like Jesus. Our discipleship is about a lifestyle of worship, allowing everything that we do and all that we are, finding ways to give praise and honor to God. And for us to go from the dabbling to the avid, we take the time to do intentional acts of learning and growing. And then we don't just say, I'm going to sign up for a class and then I'm done. We say, I'm going to keep growing. I'm going to keep participating in these activities that help me further my skills. Because as we become avid explorers of faith, avid sailors following the powers of the Holy Spirit, we have the ability only when we learn all of the skills available to us, and I don't think we're ever done learning, to become all that God would like us to be. As we grow in discipleship, we rely on relationships, those people who mentor us, those people that we mentor, but also those people who sail with us, whether it's on the same boat or alongside us, giving us support and encouragement and motivation to continue along. Discipleship is a process, not a program. My camp that I went to was a program. It was two weeks long. There was a definitive end date. But if I wanted to be an avid sailor, I needed to do a process to continue on in the steps, to learn, to grow, just like anyone who is disciplined in any sport, any art, any talent, any career path. They continue growing. We, as people of faith, need to continue growing as well. Discipleship is about engaging the world. It's about setting sail into the sea of unknown, but trusting that God is with us, that the breeze of the Holy Spirit will move us along, that we will listen and trust to God as we discern where to go, when we're against the currents, when we're against against what's going on in the world, and we need to tack and change courses so that we can venture into who or into places that God is calling us to and into becoming who God wants us to be. It's about seeking transformation and changing our behaviors so that it is something that is ingrained in our being. As we explore our faith, as we continue to grow, we have skills that will help us along the way. If I had to hop onto a sailboat right now, I would spend so much time just reacquainting myself with the boat, figuring out which ropes go to which sails, which sails are doing what, and how I can possibly make all of these things work together. But if I had actively continued on in learning about sailing and growing into an avid sailor, I would hop onto any boat, do a couple quick looks around and go, okay, this is doing this, that's doing that. All right, I got it. Let's go. Similarly, in our faith walk, in our journey of discipleship, the more practiced we are, the better we are when storms come at us. The better we are when we experience the waves that hit us. 
we are prepared, more prepared to, to, to handle what may come. I say this because we need to, I'm not sure if I want to use that word. We, we strive to be as connected to God as possible. And when we continue to nurture, nurture our discipleship skills, our prayer life, our Bible study, our worship with brothers and sisters, the, the list goes on and on, we then know where we can turn in times of trouble. Whereas if we jump back in when there's a crisis, we have to relearn how to talk to God, where to turn to, what Bible verses to go to that can offer us support and nurture us along the way. Our goal is to set a course for a better life by making sure that we are prepared for whatever may come. And some of the skills that we learn along the way are skills that help us to determine which storms we can avoid and which ones we need to weather. An example, a friend is in the middle of chaos in their own lives. Do we choose to enter that storm or do we say, that's not my storm that I need to be a part of and I'm going to choose to, to step away from this? Or the coronavirus. This pandemic right now is a storm that we all need to weather. I think about boat experts and how they know when it is a time to come back to shore and to, to batten down the hatches, so to speak, and make sure that your boat is secure in the water. There are times where you see the storm coming and you say, I need to get to dry land. I need to get my boat completely out of the water for this. And that's to say that there are situations and storms in lives that we can avoid. Not all of them are avoidable. Just like I said, the pandemic, there's nothing we can do to avoid this situation. So we're figuring out how to weather it to the best of our abilities. But storms vary in degree, vary in severity, vary in proximity to us as well. And as we as people of faith grow in our ability to discern which storms we're called to, which storms we have no choice about, and which storms we can avoid, I think that we have the ability to make good choices for ourselves. And then there's also the reality that we could say, this is not my storm, but I'm going to willingly enter the storm so that I can be a support for someone who is going through it. And that's where our discipleship comes into play as well. Because we're called to be individuals that go into the nation, baptizing people in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So we're called to, to share those skills that we have with others. And we're also called not to be thrown about by by society, but to be steady and secure and solid in who God has called us to be. And as disciples, we have the opportunity to one, be that pillar of strength for someone who's weathering their own storm. Or two, if we're not ready to go into that storm, be ready when a friend comes to us and says, my life has fallen apart because of a storm. Will you help me rebuild? And then we can come in and support and love and nurture and provide the resources necessary so that 
those people that are near and dear to us and maybe even strangers as well might benefit from the skills that we've learned as we've trained to be avid sailors in the journey of faith as we set course for a better life through discipleship we seek transformation we seek to transform our faith life so that we establish behaviors that allow us to grow in discipleship that will help us when the storms of life hit we have the skills we know how to talk to god we know where to turn to for help we have the skills to help others through the storms and we can help others know how to set sail and set course for a better life my goal is that this entire sermon series um, as we've talked about shifting and as we've talked about finding a new normal is one that has encouraged you to, to find ways in which God is inviting you into closer relationship, to grow into who God is calling you to, and that you may see that God is inviting you to set course for a better life as well. Amen. The church continues to serve its members, friends, and the community through this time of physical distancing. We need your generosity to maintain and to empower our ministries. Now, if you don't already give to the church on a regular basis, uh, consider this invitation today to take that step forward in support and embrace the spiritual discipline of financial stewardship. Please take note of the information on how to make contributions on the screen that will appear shortly. And please be generous in your giving. God will bless you.
friends, as I said earlier, we are continually in this phase of finding a new normal. And while the sermon series is over, we continue to trust in God's goodness, trust in God's love to guide us and direct us through all that is happening in our world and in our lives. <clears throat> and so I invite you to remember, rooted in love, nurtured in love, set sail in love, confident that the God who created you in love, the Christ who met you with love, and the Holy Spirit who inspires you to love, goes with you on the journey as you set course for a better life. Amen.